1: Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and I'm your host, Kim Bilotto. We sure do have a lot of great things to talk about with our guest, David Blackman, that will be coming on a little bit later on in the show. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the latest issue of Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. You know, in Texas, uh, nothing happens without the Texas Railroad Commission. And while it seems strange of how does... Uh, a railroad commission uh, basically oversee the oil and gas sector. Well, there's a whole lot of history there and stuff that I really encourage you to look up. But actually, the Texas Railroad Commission doesn't have anything to do with railroads anymore. But they are the regulatory arm that basically monitors all of oil and gas that's happening here in the state of Texas. Um, And so every six years, Uh, We have a new commissioner that comes on board, so there's usually three of them. And this issue of Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, we got to catch up with our latest elected uh, railroad commissioner, Commissioner Wayne Christian. And so I do encourage you guys to go to shellmag.com. It's an excellent article that talks a little bit about him. Uh, how he became a railroad commissioner and what was the reason behind why he wanted to run. A lot of great information on him as well as a little bit of the railroad commission as a whole. So I really encourage you guys to go uh, to shellmag.com and uh, read through it and and get to learn who the latest commissioner is. As well as, you know, there's a lot of great articles in there and um, I won't (laughs) cover every single article. But there are a few that I want to talk to you about. If you know some great service companies uh, that have been servicing the oil fields specifically in the Eagle Ford Shell area, STEER uh, is calling for nominations. So this is the opportunity for you to nominate either a great nonprofit or a great service company that has been doing really phenomenal things out there. It could be Uh, possibly that they are doing some great things with the environment or they're doing some great things with the community Um, I encourage you to go visit steer.com and look and see what they're offering they have the nominations out you can nominate anyone Uh, you can even nominate yourself if you feel as a company that you've been doing uh, some amazing work and of course it's really hard to get that information out there submit your information in there and uh, let's, let's steer a look at it and see um, if you're doing some phenomenal things, you might just get an award from them. Some of the different categories that they are covering are environmental stewardship, education and nonprofit groups, community and social investment, and safety performance. If you qualify in that category and or you know a great company, go visit steer it's s t e e r e f e a.com again that's s t e e r e f e a.com and be sure to submit your nomination in uh, companies are awarded with that have 250 employees and smaller or 250 and larger so there's 5 different awards that are given out it's an amazing luncheon Uh, if you are selected or your company selected, you will be notified through STEER and of course brought in for the luncheon and hopefully you win. So again, for more information, go to STEER, S-T-E-E-R-E-F-E-A.com for more information. You know, one of the, the great things that I get to do, um, as being a host for in the Oil Patch Radio Show is, uh, I get to visit with a lot of great organizations, And one of uh, the greatest organizations that I am a part of is WIN, Women's Energy Network. It's an amazing organization. And even though it says Women's Energy Network, they also uh, accept men. Uh, It's a professional organization in which we further promote oil and gas uh, leadership within WIN um, and also try to help encourage young women to get greater involved in the oil and gas sector and of course uh, in the areas of the professional jobs. One of the great programs that I truly support is the Young Women Energized. It's actually a program that's put on by Wynn Houston and it's specifically for students, parents, and educators to help young ladies get a jump start on college. If If you know of a young lady that's in high school that either has the desire to learn more about STEM-related careers, energy careers, this is an opportunity that you don't want them to miss. We will have mentors there to talk to them. We'll have a keynote speaker that offers insight into the energy world. We'll also have counselors on hand to talk about the transition from high school into college. Very, very robust evening planned for these young ladies to help them get to that next level one of the greatest opportunities for these young ladies is to submit their information in to apply for uh, a two thousand dollar scholarship it's a one-time scholarship that will be given to exemplary high school senior girls from the greater houston area so don't delay go to the when houston website so that's whenhouston.org and learn more Companies that want to be a part of this great event and helping sponsor the event. For more information, I encourage you, again, to go to winhouston.org's website to learn more. Or you can reach out to marketing at womensenergynetwork.org. Again, that's marketing at womensenergynetwork.org. You know, one of the great things about being the host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show is the great guests that I get to interview. And part of the reason why we really wanted to bring this show is because oil and gas is such a highly technical industry. It's it's hard to understand. It's It uh, uses a lot of math and it uses a lot of terms that seem kind of strange to the average person. But yet, oil and gas is such an important resource to the state of Texas and, quite frankly, the United States. And so, When we get to talk to these great guests, um, we really want to bring information that you can use and take in your everyday life. And as we are building out for the end of the year, our guest, I want to encourage our listeners. If you want to be a guest on the show, we are always looking for great people who have a really great message. It could be a business. It could be a topic. If you or someone you know might be interested in being a guest on our show, please email us at radio at shellmeg.com. Again, that's radio at shellmeg.com. Let us know a little bit about the nature of the topic and who you are, and our team will be sure to get back with you. One of the most exciting events that I want to put on your radar that's coming to the Houston area is a must attend event and and I'm not kidding guys I mean like you really have to attend this because it is like the only one that occurs Uh, you would think there would be more going on throughout the United States but there's not and what I'm specifically talking to is energy day Uh, energy day in Houston is the largest annual family fun festival and it's going to showcase things from science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, which, of course, is STEM. Energy Day has nearly 70 interactive demonstrations and exhibits that are going to teach students as well as families about various forms of energy. This is definitely something you don't want to miss. It is fun for the whole family to come out and learn about energy. And I wanted to put this on your radar because it's going to be held in Houston at Sam Houston Park on October 21st. 2017. It's an all-day event from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Falls on a Saturday. There's absolutely no reason why, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to go. It's going to have a lot of great things for the kids to do. I will be there. We'll be taping from there. I encourage you guys to come up, say hello to us. But, um, you know, energy is one of the most important topics that you can teach, you can learn and, and teach your children about. And I know that in today's world, there's so much discussion between oil and gas. Is it good? Is it bad? There's a climate to consider. There's air admissions going on. But until you really get informed on how dynamic the energy industry field is and how it has some of the most amazing people, intelligent people working for them and how they're consistently developing technology to make this, believe it or not, oil and gas industry cleaner Um, Until, you know, we start really understanding how this uh, group, these energy folks, are actually changing the entire way we see energy and how they do support all types of energy, uh, including solar, natural gas, wind. I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to go out to the Energy Day in Houston and learn a lot more, get involved, get engaged. If you'd like to learn more, please go to their website. It's energydayfestival.org slash Houston. Well, we do have to take a quick break, but when we return, David Blackman, our guest, the associate editor for Shell Oil & Gas Business Magazine, is going to talk to us about all the world topics going on with energy as well as a lot of the stuff that's going on here locally in Texas. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show.
0: You know, great companies take great care of their employees ensure the well-being of your workforce with baptist healthy solutions your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you our mobile health unit delivers on-site state-of-the-art comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire from pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more trust baptist healthy solutions with your workforce health care needs health care that comes to you Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485.
2: Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages, like you, who are in the oil and gas industry, or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-997. Seven two two three. That's
1: 281-997-7223. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host today, Kim Bilotto. Our very special guest today is David Blackman, who is the Associate Editor for Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine and our resident energy expert, David. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thank you for having me.
1: You know, it's always a great opportunity for us when we can get you to give us an entire show because you are definitely the walking encyclopedia if you will <laughs> on oil and gas if some people remember what that is I mean I'm showing my age but uh <laughs> you used to have to go to look at a book instead of googling things uh, but you're definitely a wealth of information
3: yes I, I used to have a, a real life and now now I just know oil and gas so it's uh
1: and politics really kills and politics,
3: yeah, and politics, and politics.
1: Well, you know, um, there certainly has been a lot of activity uh, in oil and gas. Of course, there's always a lot of activity with President Trump, and and, and just, of <laughs> course, a lot of stuff to talk about. But there's definitely a lot of stuff right now going on in the oil and gas industry. And I, the first thing I really want to, you know, try to get out of the shoot is there's been some activity with pricing, and oh yeah. There's some maybe uncertainty from people who really don't understand what's going on. Maybe from a consumer standpoint, hey, prices are low at the pump. uh, And that's really good because of summertime. But uh, obviously, there's something going on when oil prices are a little low, but then they've kind of been trickling up and down. What does that mean for me? And so I want to touch on that. Tell me a little bit about uh, why are oil prices declining right now? What does that mean for us?
3: Well, you're right. I mean, uh, and, and I think oil prices are declining because there's uh, a little misunderstanding in the market right now among investors and consumers. Um, you know, we just, we're getting towards the end of the summer driving season. We had real good summer driving season this year, the price of gas.
1: Well, sure, because everything was so, <laughs> it was such a great price.
3: So. In the United States. So that's right. And thank, thank you, hydraulic fracturing, by the way. That's and right. horizontal drilling uh, for that. Barack Obama said we can never drill our way to a lower gasoline price, and and turns out he was wrong.
1: Well, he's been wrong but, about but anyway. a lot of
3: things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, let's not dwell on that. Um, so we had a very strong summer driving season. Uh, demand in the U.S. went way up over the summer, uh, much stronger than in, in previous years. The economy is in better shape, and so people are feeling more confident about about buying things as well and spending money. But what's got the market scooped is that uh, mainly the OPEC countries uh, are cheating on their quotas.
1: Well, uh, no, we we didn't think that was going to happen at
3: all. Yeah. Who could have ever predicted that, right? So OPEC's overall production for July was the highest it's been all year. Um, Saudi Arabia. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. They said they were going to cut. So this is the highest. Well, they
3: did. The highest it's been during 2017 since they implemented the cuts. Okay. You know, so at the start of the year, they reduced their overall OPEC production back to the level it was in August of 2016, and had very high compliance in in January and February and March, over 80% compliance, really upwards of 90%. And that level of compliance has gone down as the year has gone on, uh, mainly because Iran and Iraq and uh, Libya don't want to cooperate. And so um, so now, now we're down to around 70% compliance. And, and Saudi Arabia has been trying to make that up by reducing, continuing to reduce their own exports. But the market figures, you know, the Saudis can't keep cutting to make up for everybody forever, right? right. And so that has kind of spooked the market over the last week. And that's why you saw the price drop from close to 50 it was it was near 50 dollars and it dropped back down to in the mid between 40 just below 47 at one point and uh, i don't think, really think it's going to go much lower than that because most of the signs for the oil price are bullish right now so i think probably we're kind of at the low point uh for for the time being and uh we'll see the, the price gradually kind of drift back up towards 50 again.
1: So typically when this happens, nothing really happens, correct? Right. Like we don't right. see the drop-off of people being laid off in this panic, no, but we also don't see a lot of change in new hires either. It just kind of stays the where where it is right now,
3: which is... That's right, and yeah, you know, and, I, and I've, I've been saying that for a couple of months now, that we're probably kind of where the rig count is going to be for the rest of the year. It's going to be right in that 950 to 960 range on the Baker Hughes rig count. Um, You know, and employment's going to stay pretty static in the industry um, just because the market's going to be static for the rest of the year and the, the budgets for all these big companies are in place and they're going to execute their budgets. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are a lot of bullish signals right now on the oil price. And one of the biggest one is, and it's kind of technical, but but I think I can explain it to where people can understand it. We, we just recently went into a situation that the markets call backwardation, which is a really weird word that they use to describe a situation in which the futures contracts for the near term, short term futures contracts have a higher price than long-term futures contracts, okay? Because the price is largely set on the trading of these futures contracts. And and this is a very rare situation. And what it it means is, you know, because the short-term prices are are better than the long future prices, you know, out several months, it makes oil uneconomic to store. And, And so what you typically see when we get into backwardation is storage levels really drop off very significantly. And that's really a huge bullish sign that the market is rebalancing when you go into tobacco And The other thing about it is, is, it makes it more difficult for companies to hedge their production into the future because now the prices into the future are lower than the current prices. And the inability to hedge for these companies to hedge makes them more reluctant to make major new investments in drilling. And so it's a sign that, you know, U.S. production is going to continue to slow down. It's not falling, but the rate of increase is slowing down. And as demand, of course, all across the world is increasing because economies are, are really booming now uh, in, in Asia and Europe. You know, economies are getting stronger. As economic growth is, is increasing all over the world. And that always means an uptick in demand. So. These are all really bullish signals, and I I just think that, you know, once the market gets over this scare about OPEC, they're going to see that the market is really beginning to balance, to rebalance here, and, you know, that price will... I mean, it's not going to go much higher than 50, but uh, it should get right back up to that 50 level here over the next few weeks.
1: Interesting. Well, David, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, I want to get into the topic of natural gas, because there's a lot to discuss pertaining to natural gas, a moratorium that was suggested. And of course, we definitely want to talk about the Kuwait spill that just happened. So we'll be right back. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
0: So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S H A L E, mag, com.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest, is David Blackman, Associate Editor for Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, as well as our energy and political expert. David, before the break, we were talking about oil prices. I want to change gears just a bit. I want to talk a little bit about natural gas, because, you know, the future is great right now if you are looking at natural gas. Um, exporting is exploding, if you will. There's about 150... Uh, new gas-fired power plants that are coming online by 2020. There's billions of dollars in new investment by manufacturers to use natural gas as a feedstock. So tell me a little bit about what's so great about natural gas and the future with natural gas.
3: Well, there's just, you know, and and you kind of encapsulated it there, you know, there's just a a lot of new demand for the product. That is, uh, all these major, huge investments being made. And manufacturing is a really good example of that. Uh, I read a read a there was a report in Barrons I think last week that uh, had kind of tried to tabulate all the new investments in in natural gas uh, manufacturing infrastructure for plants that use mat- natural gas to make thousands of different products uh, that we use every day in our daily lives. Four hundred billion dollars over the last two years. In new investments in this country. So, when you hear President Trump saying manufacturing is coming back to the United States, that's what he's talking about plastics plants, chemical plants, fertilizer plants, all sorts of, of different manufacturing processes that natural gas is the feedstock for. And so, you know, that's a big thing, and that's going to dramatically increase demand over the next few years for natural gas. And then you have, as you, you said, 150 new natural gas-fired power plants that are in the queue to come online between now and 2020. 90,000 megawatt hours of generating capacity, most of it's going to displace coal plants that are being retired, uh, which is something that's been going on for the last six or seven years now. A lot of the old generating plants that that use burn coal are now being replaced with natural gas. It, it burns cleaner. Uh, It's price competitive. And so they're switching from from coal to natural gas to get in compliance with emissions regulations. Um, You know, um, so, and and then the export situation uh, we have Chenier has been operating since late last year. Uh, They're about to open their third now export train at their terminal. There are gonna be three new LNG export facilities opened up along the Gulf Coast uh, between now and 2019. And so exports of natural gas are about to really ramp up here in the near future. So all of that means more demand for natural gas, we'll be able to run more drilling rigs, drilling for natural gas here in the United States. Uh, There will be more jobs, more economic activity, more industrial output, all thanks to the ability to produce natural gas from these gigantic shell plays. And people, you know, hear all, all that and they say, well, what about the supply? Do we have enough natural gas? And, and the answer is, is very clearly yes. People forget that today we're running about 180 drilling rigs of the 950 that are active. 180 are drilling for natural gas. They're not drilling for oil, oil wells. They're drilling natural gas wells. Well, just... Four years ago, we had almost 1,600 active drilling rigs drilling for natural gas in this country. So yes, there is an incredible amount of excess capacity in the system. These reserves in the ground that over the last four or five years, since the price collapsed, we haven't been drilling for. I mean, the 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 immense the immensity of of the untapped natural gas resource in this country is is almost beyond comprehension of the human mind. It's just there's so much of it, it's it's hard to even quantify it. So yes, there's plenty of supply, we don't have to worry about running out of natural gas. I think
1: the other really main point about natural gas, it's it, we've got abundance, it's priced right, it, it burns cleaner than coal, And it also though, with the exporting now occurring, like Chenier plants coming online from the United States, you know, and us exporting to these countries that we normally never, we were not exporting before. But we're also seeing a push in the world too, that they also are building uh, these plants as well. One of them uh, that just passed, they signed with the African government was one that's actually with um, Apache and Exxon that they actually approved with uh, uh, Africa to begin a, uh, a processing plant for natural gas too for exporting. And it's kind of a good thing when you think about the world that they're moving in cleaner, more efficient ways to help their country as well as being able to supply as well the world instead of them building things that maybe are not as uh, efficient or as um, environmentally friendly. So it's kind of good to be seeing that it's happening. The world is getting Natural gas is a really good thing, too. And with that, David, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to End the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back.
3: Oil-filled experts is the only place
0: you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts,
3: 210-471-1923.
0: Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the k Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? and I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman, Associate Editor for Shale Magazine. David, before the break, we were discussing the importance of natural gas and the benefits. But I also want to change gears just a little bit and ask you because there has been a, a suggested moratorium that has also come up on natural gas. And I want to talk about that because it seems like there's so much expansion and so much investment in this area. And then yet, the manufacturers have recommended to President Trump to put a moratorium on that. And that's just confusing to my brain. What, what's happening here?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as we talked about a little earlier, you you know, a lot of manufacturers in this country, chemical, plastics, fertilizer, you know, uh, a lot of other products um, use natural gas as a feedstock for their processes in their plants. And they're always concerned about keeping the price low and uh when they see this rapid the beginning of this rapid ramp up in exports of natural gas it it makes them nervous and it makes them nervous because they don't understand the immensity of the resource that that we have here in the united states you know they think we might have 30 years of supply you know you know there's always these very conservative estimates out there but the truth is is, is just such a gigantic quantity, but they don't understand that. So they get worried the price is going to go up. The price goes up. It makes their uh, manufacturing operations less profitable. So it's not a surprise. Uh, we, we had uh, a lot of pushback from manufacturers back in, in the 2010, 2011 timeframe when then president Obama was embarking on his effort to kill the coal industry. Um, you know, in the natural gas industry, you was saying, yeah, we got plenty of gas, we can replace all these coal plants. It's not really a problem. And, and the chemical companies and the fertilizer companies got very concerned about that.
1: Interesting. Well, something David, I want to ask you about is there was a spill in Kuwait this past week that happened. And, um, there's not a lot of information on what really happened. Do you have any information about who spilled, how much did they spill and what's going on in Kuwait?
3: Well, you know, they apparently have still not, after several days, determined um, exactly where that spill came from. Um, It was 34,000 gallons, which is about 800 barrels. And then there was a second spill that occurred the next day about, uh, what was it, about 80 kilometers up the coast of Kuwait. And
1: no one knows where this is coming from?
3: And and they don't seem to know where the, where it's coming from. The side of the first spill, there's actually a refinery that is doing a pretty large expansion to its operations. Um, but the refinery has said no, we didn't cause it. Uh, one of the theories is it could have been a leak coming from a tanker. Um, but boy, that's a lot of oil um, to just leak out of a tanker. So. It's it's really hard to understand where it came from. No one's taking responsibility for it. And that's, you know, I mean, it stopped. There's no more oil leaking. So, you know, it's contained. It'll be pretty easily contained, but it, but it is kind of a mystery. Normally, you know, when you have a leak of oil, it's pretty easy to identify the source of it. Uh, but for whatever reason, the Kuwaiti officials are having a hard time with this one.
1: Well, we'll we'll keep our eye on that and see if any news comes up on who was
3: leaker. <laughs> <laughs> in the United States I, I think we can be sure that if it happened in the United States you know uh, there would have been about uh, 7,000 reporters groups point a finger <laughs> at Exxon or somebody you know but uh,
1: well I want to bring us back home and talk about the scoop and stack play in Oklahoma because it's heating up so talk to me a little bit about what's happening in Oklahoma
3: yeah, the scoop and stack, you know, it's it's the hot play area in the Anadarko Basin in the central part of Oklahoma. It's two different uh, uh, sets of shale formations there, um, in a in an area that has always been an oil and gas producing area. Uh, vertical wells, you know, typically in uh, oil wells and some horizontal natural gas wells drilled into. Uh, some some deep gas formations over the years in that general area but uh, recently they of course with hydraulic fracturing you know now they're able to to produce it out of the shales and uh, and it's become really the second hottest play area in the country Um, has the second highest rig count now uh, behind the permian basin a a few more rigs than the eagle ford shale and So for the first time, the Energy Information Administration has added it to their uh, monthly report that they do uh, on the biggest formations, uh, the production coming out of the biggest formations in the country. They've added the scoop stack to the, the, I think there were six other formations that they have have been tracking on this report, the Marcellus Shale, uh, the Haynesville Shale, uh, the Eagle Ford, the Permian Basin, the Bakken Shale, and the DJ Basin in uh, Colorado. So now they're adding a seventh uh, scoop and stack. There are a lot of Texas companies that produce up there. Uh, it is it is really um, a very similar uh, what's going on there to the early stages of the Eagle Ford Shale build out where you have all this new development taking place in in an area of the state that has you know uh, a lot of farming and ranching. Mostly small towns, not a lot of population in these counties. And so they're seeing, you know, the same kinds of issues with roads and traffic and noise and, you know, uh, dust, you know, the kinds of issues we dealt with in the early days of the Eagle Ford Shale. And and frankly, that are building out in the Permian Basin right now again.
1: Very interesting things happening in Oklahoma. David, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy.
0: The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-480. 3656 again 830 480 3656 or you can always email me Bailey at kalig That's a bailey B-A-I-L-E-Y at Kalig K-A-H-L-I-G Auto A-U-T-O dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road.
1: And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Blackman. David, before the break, we were talking about the scoop and stack play. In Oklahoma and how it's heating up. They're kind of experiencing the same things that uh, the Eagle Ford shell did, a really quick, fast-growing uh, shell play, a lot of activity happening. And of course, with anything, there's uh, going to be some, un- uh, some unpleasant experiences that they go through when something grows too fast. There's usually those growing pains. So, uh, along with Oklahoma, uh, are there any other shell plays or what else are you seeing? And maybe the Marcellus or uh, the Permian or the Bakken. Are there any other issues that are going out with these other shell plays that they're also experiencing either phenomenal growth or maybe even possibly uh, less growth?
3: Well, you know, the Permian is a good subject for this because uh, it has had explosive growth over the last year. You know, the rig count is now up in, in the 350 range. A lot of rigs running out there. And, um, uh, it's not quite at the same level in terms of number of rigs, uh, as we're running in 2013 out there, but apparently the level of traffic has just reached gargantuan proportions, um, which I guess is not surprising. Um, you know, given the level of activity. Yeah.
1: They've always had trouble with traffic even before, yeah. um, and a lot of, uh, trucks and, but I would have thought that it being one of the oldest, um, you know, patches, if you will, oil patches that they maybe were familiar with this already or maybe they were kind of set up a little bit more the community, the city to be prepared for. There's a lot of truckers and a lot of oil-filled people here and a lot of right uh, activity going on and so isn't it more of the norm or is this just something off the wall crazy and they're not even used to experiencing what's going on
3: well and and so what we got to consider is the permian basin is a gigantic region it's it's the size of south carolina and, and yeah in the in the area around odessa and and midland you know and the surrounding communities big Big Spring and all, all those areas. Uh, it is highly developed and the roads are very good and can handle all this traffic. But then we have the Delaware Basin part of the Permian, you know, which is, is where Apache's Alpine high play is and, and a lot of new discoveries out there in that more Southwestern part of the Permian that hasn't historically had all this oil production uh, that, that you've seen around Midland and Odessa. And so now you do, you have a a lot of exploration, a lot of drilling going on out there in that area. And uh, I was talking to a friend who was trying to make the drive uh, between Port Stockton and Carlsbad last week. And he he said on Highway 285 overpass uh, that goes over I-20, he had to wait 45 minutes at that traffic signal to get through because the 18 wheelers Service, you know, trucks for the oil industry. There was about a mile long backup wow. at that one intersection. Okay, now and that's, he said it was bad. Like that. that's bad. That's bad. because yeah. you're not
1: even going to get that in Houston.
3: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're just not going
1: to get that even in Houston. So yeah,
3: yeah. So it's you know it's probably getting close to a critical mass out there in the Delaware part part of the basin, and and uh, the state unfortunately is very slow to move in terms of getting more road money to these high traffic areas. And, um, you know, the counties can't really expand Highway 285. It's a state highway. And so you got a problem there. And um, that's not going to be alleviated anytime soon. So, as you well know, uh, having been through the Eagle Ford experience, when you start having traffic issues like that, you start having to get upset about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, the industry's got to find a way to deal with that. And it's going to be a coming. Coming issue for the industry out there, uh, just just like we've seen all over the country. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things I will say, going back to the Eagle Ford and what we did see, is there was never really, in my opinion, a shortage of the energy companies doing the right thing by the population. They would, they they came up, they uh, put money out there, they helped the community, they 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 gave. If there was trash issues they paid for the cleanup if there was um but i think it's a little different we're talking about roads because we're talking about something that's governed by the state of texas and so it's it might not be as easy as hiring somebody to come and clean up trash along the roadway but there has never (laughs) been a shortage of the oil companies doing the right thing wherever they're drilling in or at least trying to do the right thing for the community and and taking their uh concerns into consideration and, and trying to come up with a plan that helps the community because I think they want the community to to do well and, and to be happy that they're there and providing great jobs and um, and and being a partner with them in the growing
3: pains that's right and, and I yeah and I think we'll, we're going to have the same experience out there in the Delaware that we had in Eagle Ford these companies are going to do the right thing they're going to work with the communities to take care of these issues and get them resolved you know and because because this is a different industry now than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago.
1: Right. Well, there's just a lot more information on how, you know, the environment impacts us. And there's just a whole lot more to think about that I think they have finally figured out. This isn't a 20 year old oil company. This is a, a dynamic oil company. And they want to do the right thing uh, in the way of the people. And And I also think, though, that a lot of things have, as, as we're evolving, the one thing that we really must keep our eye on is that when we take control of our own energy independence. Uh, We are sitting in a a much better seat than when another country can dictate what the price of oil will be. And then, of course, the consumer at the end of the day is the one that's left holding the bag, if you will, on higher energy prices, whether it's at the gas pump or or our utilities, because they all intertwine together. So those are some of my closing comments on how, why I support the energy industry and why it's important we continue to do what we're doing. Totally agree. <laughs> well, David, again, that's a wrap for this show. Thank you for coming and being a guest today and talking to us about energy. And I look forward to having you next week when we're going to get back on the topic of
3: policy. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me.
1: Thanks, David, for being a guest on our show today. And congratulations, because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shell, shalema and you will win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is the official title of David Blackman for Shell Magazine? Remember to be the first to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Show, And follow us on Twitter at ShellMag. That's going to wrap up another great show, and we'll see you next week with more exciting and insightful interviews. Adios.
0: In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.